Well, hey, everybody, Mike Griffith here. Welcome to tonight's Ingles on the Beat segment uh, on remote tonight uh, from uh, parts in Athens. And, uh, you know, wow, it's been such a busy time for Georgia athletics. I mean, this isn't supposed to be a busy time, right? I mean, uh, football news in June. Welcome to the new football world where guys can transfer. They can change their mind. It's the transfer portal, the recruiting, the commitments. You know, I guess if you're a fan, there's kind of a good news, bad news, right? I mean, because, yeah, you're plugged in. And it's exciting to be getting new players this late in the year. Typically, you know, used to be signing day would come in February and and uh, and and that was it. Right. But now, you know, recruiting continues to go on, it seems, with the transfer portal, guys going in, guys going out. I guess the big news of the day, and I'll start with that, is, is the five star uh, Big Bear Alexander, the player out of Texas, the guy that Jeff Centel for us with Centel's Intel has told you a lot about Bear, a guy that, you know, really, uh, really seemed to be into Georgia. Uh, but then he had to visit Texas A&M and, and he's backed off his commitment. Clearly, he wants to go more places and see more things. I think what's hard about it is that he seemed like such a hard commitment and such a sure thing. And, and when you've got a five star like that in your class, um, it certainly does seem to attract others. George is still ranked number one in the 24-7 composite team rankings for the 2022 class. Those, those things matter, that momentum. So I think Kirby Smart. Uh, and his staff will do great things. And I know just from being out in California and, you know, the last couple Monday nights, you've seen me interview Clay Helton uh, from USC. The USC head coach was last week's show. And we talked about JT Daniels and his situation there and, and how he came to uh, end up leaving USC and coming to Georgia. And then the week before that, we, we talked with JT's high school coach, Bruce Rollinson, uh, about what JT did in high school and about Southern California high school. But a message that I wasn't able to share that I think you might want to know is in talking with a lot of these other kids in California, the brand that Georgia has has never been stronger. Uh, the kids have such a fascination and an interest of wanting to come and see Georgia. Ernest Green, uh, I've written a couple articles about him, the big, the, the best lineman in the state of California, uh, will be coming here for an unofficial visit later this month, uh, you know, and there could be even more. Uh, and so there's a lot of momentum, you know, DJU, the, the quarterback for Clemson, his dad was on the Georgia campus yesterday with his other son, Mateo, defensive end, tight end, as well as one of the top five quarterbacks in the 2023 class. And, and he's here on the Georgia campus in Athens, you know, wanting to tour the facility, wanting to see the football building. And uh, Clemson fans pretty much lost their mind when they saw the quarterback's dad posing for a picture with Kirby Smart, it'd be like if you saw JT Daniels' dad on the campus of Clemson, right? You'd be like, hey, what's up with that? So the Georgia momentum right now and the brand is really strong. I uh, got asked about Georgia, obviously, today. I went on the Fine Bomb show. Paul called me up and and uh, wanted to know what I thought about Georgia's chances. And, you know, the reality of it is, is Georgia has evolved into a program that's an annual championship contender. Now, some other people and other programs like to point and say, oh, look at this, another offseason championship for Georgia, another wait till next year. You know, there's not many programs that are truly annual national championship contenders. Uh, you know, Clemson, perhaps, uh, because they're in the ACC. Ohio State, because they're the best of the Big Ten. But in the SEC, you got to slug it out. And I think Georgia's in a place, and I know last year Florida won that game, 
But there were some extenuating circumstances, right? Richard LeCount, the motorcycle accident, the players that were injured the week before against Kentucky, the fact that Florida had been off two out of three weeks, uh, the fact that your starting quarterback got injured when you were leading 14 to zero. Uh, a lot went into that Florida win. I believe Georgia's head and shoulders above Florida right now. And, and I don't necessarily see that gap closing as long as Kirby Smart is running this program. Uh, the way that Georgia was able to stay up with the competition on the NIL, which starts July 1st, ensures that you're going to maintain your recruiting momentum. Uh, that's leadership. You know, uh, I had an opportunity to hear Houston Gaines speak, um, you know, and he did a lot, uh, you know, for that bill. And so there's a lot of great leadership in Georgia right now that's moving the program in the right direction. So I know if you're a Georgia fan, you're kind of freaking out over the Barry Alexander, Brandon Turnage news uh, last night. Let me, let me talk about that a little bit. So Turnage is the transfer from Alabama that was brought in to compete at corner. Uh, obviously Georgia's also brought in Darian Kendrick, a former all ACC pick from Clemson. If you ask me to handicap it today, I would say that Jalen Kimber is, is probably cornerback one. And then I, I see uh, Kendrick and Amir Speed being the other two guys. And I say the other team, I say, wait a minute, they only have two guys. Well, Georgia rotates three corners and, and Keely Ringo's pressing. And, and I think Brandon Turnage is somewhere in that mix. And uh, you may have saw Georgia offered uh, another cornerback in the transfer portal, a graduate student from Tulsa. Guy's got NFL upside. And, you know, Kirby's Kirby's going to, you know, he said in the spring that he was going to address that position. And, and you know, word is that, you know, Turnage probably didn't like that, you know, or, you know, geez, I thought you were bringing me in. But, uh, you know, hey, look, when you come to Georgia, you're going to compete and you got to know that um, nothing's going to be handed to you. Nothing's going to be promised. And, and I think that's probably, you know, for someone that was in the portal thought they were, um, you know, going to put themselves in a, in a better competitive position. Then you find out there's more competition coming. All you can say is get better. And, uh, you know, I think there's some thought going on with that. And, and we'll see. Uh, from my understanding, uh, Turn is still with the program at this point. Um, but this is one of those things you watch. Uh, this is new, right? The, the transfer portal, this is new. And it's going to take a while to iron out all the unintended consequences. On the one hand, it gives these student athletes an opportunity to pursue better, uh, pursue better opportunities, better situations. But on the other, um, you know, there's some team management issues that coaches have to address. And um, I think what they really need is, you know, like the NFL has like a free agent window. I think you need to see that uh, in college sports as well. So just from a program management standpoint, and so the players can adjust their expectations as well. So uh, really pleased to join you on this Monday night. Now the second half of the show uh, Mary Wilson Avent. I, I interviewed Mary Wilson, and obviously Mary is a, a softball star. She literally pitched Georgia to the Women's College World Series. And, and in softball, the pitcher is is really ninety percent of it. I'm not exaggerating. I mean, it's everything. And and Mary Wilson Avent with the back to back shutouts in Florida. I mean, this is amazing. But but above and beyond her performance. Um, when I talk with her and when I look at her list of accomplishments, going back to Macon, going back to the Stratford Academy where she went to high school, going back to her track career where she won state championships in the discus, looking at her academic career, looking at how she represents. It's not just what she did in the circle. It's how she did it. And it's the way she carries herself. And it's the future that she has. She's a marketing major uh, from the Terry College of Business. She's going to Manhattan. You know, I, told, I joked with her that 
uh, you know, only because Tokyo didn't call. I mean, this is a young woman who is headed for huge things. And I really, really strongly recommend uh, you watching the second half of the show where I, I interviewed Mary earlier today. I taped the interview. Um, I mean, she's she's just a rising star and, and she's an ambassador that I think Georgia should really celebrate and, and really recognize because she's headed out. Her career's over, a uh, five-year career at Georgia, master's degree. But I'm telling you, I've covered college athletics a long time and you just don't see this sort of leadership and poise um, at, at this stage uh, very often. So, you know, I congratulate Georgia uh, and certainly congratulate uh, Mary Wilson Avent. You know, a little bit of a surprise with Coach Lou Harris Champer retiring after 21 years. Uh, listen, softball is a big deal. It's a TV sport. I don't know if you know this, but softball gets better television ratings than NHL hockey. And Georgia is on the map, right? Georgia being in that Women's College World Series, that's an advertisement for your program. And the way that team competed, uh, you know, I was impressed. I, I know it didn't end the way you wanted against Oklahoma. Oklahoma's a powerhouse. I mean, and I said this today on, on SEC Network. I mean, the fact that they're playing this tournament annually in Oklahoma City, and I've been out there five times, um, you know, they're 26 miles from the Oklahoma campus, 26 miles. I said, could you imagine if they played the national championship uh, in football in Birmingham, Alabama? Or what if they played the national championship in college basketball in Raleigh, North Carolina, right? Right by Durham or Chapel Hill. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And, and that's not a knock against Oklahoma City because you see that new the new stadium, expanded stadium now. They're holding 13,000. And that's a lot for a softball game. And, and they do do a great job in Oklahoma City. I want to be clear on that. I think they do an outstanding job. And I, I suggested on Twitter, maybe they should take a look at moving it around because softball is such a great sport and it continues to grow. It's a fast sport. It's, it's very, um, it's condensed in terms of the time element with seven innings. Uh, the, the girls are so skilled. You've seen that, how fast it moves. Many people prefer watching it to baseball, which is a little slower moving. Uh, and I just suggested moving it around. And my goodness, you, you would have thought the state of Oklahoma wanted me to redraw their state borders or something. They were they were furious. They were angry. But but I do think that that Georgia was at an extreme competitive disadvantage playing Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, Oklahoma State being 64 miles away. Um, you know, that that's just tough. So uh, a tip of the cap to the Georgia softball program for their incredible run. It was an unlikely story. They lost their last seven regular season games. They finished 11th out of 13 teams in the regular season. And yet they have this incredible postseason run, winning their regional, knocking out Duke a national seed, and then going down to Florida and pretty much shocking the world. Although, you know, Mary Wilson Avant beat Florida during the regular season as well, but she shut them out twice in a row. And I'm telling you, that's that's legendary stuff. So, uh, you know, you just can't say enough uh, about the direction of the softball program. And now with, with Coach Champer retiring, uh, it'll be real interesting to see what direction they go with the head coach. But I think this is a program that Georgia fans are going to embrace more, that's going to grow. Um, and that I think will will be continue to be an annual championship contender. So uh, something to watch for. Baseball obviously didn't end the way a lot of people wanted. Kind of hard for Georgia to sit back and watch LSU play when you say, gosh, beat those guys head-to-head. -head. Georgia was the eighth seed. LSU was the ninth seed in the SEC tournament. You beat them head-to-head, -head and LSU gets in. Look, sometimes politics wins out. A lot of people point to LSU having a better RPI. But I think it had to do with the power that LSU has. I mean, they're the Yankees of college baseball. And uh, their coach, Paul Maneri, retiring. Uh, I think sometimes the storyline gets in the way. And 
and George got left out. But, uh, you know, with football coming up, I'm telling you, there's a lot of excitement. Uh, Eric Gilbert being on the roster now, um, you know, Darian Kendrick, these were two need positions. Gilbert, I think, is going to play the X. Uh, he's not George Pickens, but he's a pretty special player in his own right. I think he can do some different things. And I think this is going to be a go-to guy for Georgia, a downfield target um, that can really take a lot of attention away and, and open things up for Jermaine Burton on the other side of the formation, who's at the at the Z position, and uh, and your tight ends. You still have Darnell Washington and John Fitzpatrick and Brock Bowers. Uh, certainly, your backs out of the backfield. I mean, this offense is so incredible. And someone asked me the other day. They said, "What's the big question?" right now for Georgia football. And I say the big question is, does Kirby really cut it loose? Does he really turn Todd Munkin completely loose? And uh, I think the answer is yes, the, based the, on everything that I'm hearing. And, and, uh, uh, sorry and your tight ends, you still have Darnell Washington and John Fitzpatrick and Brock Bowers, uh, certainly your backs. There we go, apologize for that. I wanted to start out live because I wanted to see if you guys had any questions for me before I, um, played the taped interview with, with Mary Wilson Avon. Again, uh, really strongly suggest you watch that. Really enjoying that. Uh, Joseph Kennedy says that Turnage needs to stay. From a number standpoint, he certainly does, but he needs to stay with a competitive mindset. And uh, certainly, you know, and needs to stay in a way that he doesn't miss any workouts. Uh, that's going to be really important. Uh, what else we got here? What other questions do you have for me? Uh, good to see Jerry Popham in here again, and, and Tennille is back. Um, what do we got here? Uh, you know, Joseph mentioned Lady Dogs didn't belong in the tournament. Well, they belonged in the tournament. They probably didn't deserve to host, but that was Josh Brooks with an aggressive bid. And here's something I picked up on. The softball team doesn't go by Lady Dogs. They're just the Bulldogs. Uh, I think the basketball team might go by uh, Lady Dogs. So that's kind of interesting. Um what do we got here? Moose. Uh, yeah, Moose. I do uh, every now and then I appear on the SEC network and give opinions and things like that. Uh, so people asking questions, just going through my timeline of questions here. Uh, Joseph Kennedy, bring back Dave Perno. You know, I think that I think that Scott Strickland has it going in the right direction. I, I know this year didn't work out, but you, you, sometimes you got to look at the extenuating circumstances. Injuries, injuries are real. Injuries are a factor. They're not excuses. Uh, but in the case of Georgia baseball, uh, you know, you, you lost three pitchers early on. That was damaging. At the end of the year, your best hitter was out. Um, you know, sometimes it happens like that. You know, I still go back to the, the 2018 SEC championship game. And I still say to this day, if DeAndre Walker doesn't get injured, uh, Georgia beats Alabama. Right. You remember that game that was when uh, Bretton Cox came in and, and they had some issues with containment on uh, Mr. Hertz. So sometimes, sometimes Georgia, uh, you know, has had some bad luck of late. That, that's a big part of it. It happens to everybody. Injuries are part of the game, but when they do happen, you know, you've got to put it into perspective and you got to stay realistic about it. But, you know, the good news is, is all your programs are, are so doggone strong. It seems like you're right on the verge. Uh, and I've said this earlier tonight, I was speaking to some people. I said, you know, this football program and really a lot of programs, what I'm sensing here, you know, Georgia has always been, like I said, B plus, pretty good at everything, pretty good at everything, you know, but with Kirby, uh, you've got a championship coach. Uh, I think with Josh Brooks, uh, new leadership, very aggressive. Um, I think Georgia athletics is about to go on to another level. I see a deeper, I see a stronger leadership and I see a deeper level of commitment to championships. 
right? I think I think Georgia fans and, and Georgia administrators, Georgia coaches, you know, they've been pretty good to really good for a long time. And I, and I think they're tired of pretty good to really good. I, I think they're ready for championships. And that's kind of what I sense the direction from the leadership. Uh, it's what I sense when I look at the state's resources, how they're being used, the facility upgrades, improvements, the $200 million that have gone into facility upgrades for, for, for football, or excuse me, $170 million under Kirby Smart just in the last five years. That stuff adds up, okay? And I think you're, you're on the right track. So uh, what else we got here? Uh, yeah, Joel Moody points out that they did, Georgia football did offer um, the cornerback, Caleb Evans, from Tulsa. Uh, that's not related to turnage, just so you know. Uh, one doesn't have anything to do with the other in the sense of uh, turnage knew that they were going to make this offer, but they didn't make that offer because turnage was supposedly leaving or had talked to his high school coach about it. I saw that Mark Weiser, the Athens Banner Herald, had talked to the high school coach and, and said, who said that, you know, hey, turnage had some questions about what was going on. Uh, but the offer to the Tulsa Corner doesn't have anything to do with that, um, just so you know. Uh, what else we got guys? Um, any other questions? Good to see William Perry in here. I know William likes those Friday night shows. I, I just run out of days in the week. You know, it's, as I said, it's, it's such a busy time that the road swing to California to talk to all those people, to talk to all those coaches, uh, to get a perspective on where JT is from and what he's about. Uh, I said this earlier, uh, I, I think JT Daniels is the closest thing to Eric Zire I've seen in a long time. And, and I hold Eric Zire in tremendous regard. I think Eric Zire is unbelievably underrated. I felt like his, his tenure at Georgia was underrated. You know, when he left, uh, Eric was the SEC's all-time leading passer. It's just Peyton Manning came along a couple of years later and surpassed the mark. But uh, watching Eric play and, and talking to him now, uh, I consider him a true Georgia legend. I know he, I know he didn't win a championship. Um, but you know, his quarterback play was so outstanding and I thought that that was a really key time, you know, anytime a great coach, a longstanding coach, like coach Dooley leaves, I, I shouldn't say leaves cause he was still here, but there's always, always going to be some drop off, especially when the coach sticks around. Cause the next guy really can't change things up as much as they like. There's kind of a restriction, like you're the head coach, but your boss is the former head coach. And I still think that Ray Goff was in a really difficult position. And yet Georgia maintained that, that level. They didn't, they didn't drop off. Georgia hasn't had that massive drop off really ever. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. And, um, but I think Eric Zire is one of the most underrated color guys uh, that I, that I hear. I think he's a treasure. I think Georgia fans should appreciate. I think Georgia ought to promote Eric Zire more in terms of really, I, I really like the way Eric does his broadcast and his color is outstanding. Appreciate the compliment from William Perry on the California coverage. Uh, a little bit different uh, the way we did that. Uh, kind of a scramble drill, but I spent a lot of time with those coaches. You know, I spent some time with the Bosco, uh, St. John's Bosco coach, defensive coordinator, and he's visited Georgia and he's visited Clemson and he's visited Alabama. And I thought it was pretty fascinating that St. John's Bosco, uh, the school where the Clemson quarterback went, they actually play SEC style defense. They play the same match zone that Kirby does. And their coach was telling me just how similar Georgia and Alabama's defense is in terms of this match zone and how unique it is. And he told me that Clemson had some aspects of it as well. They didn't play it as often or they played it with different defensive fronts. But what registered right away is that, hey, Darian Kendrick, a guy coming in, 
uh, from Clemson is going to have some familiarity. And that's why he's a little bit easier to plug in. Same thing with Brandon Turnage, uh, presuming that he sticks around. So a lot to be excited about. Kirby was very selective with these guys, obviously, uh, very well thought out. Um, can't say enough for the way Georgia is evolving right now and kind of rolling with these chances with NIL. Uh, certainly the one-time transfer. It just looks like George is staying at the front of the line and learning how to adjust and adapt to these rules. Um, and that's that's just, that's everything um, because things are going to change and you have to be able to modify and adjust. Uh, what, did, what did Josh Brooks say? Change is inevitable. Uh, adjustment is optional. Something to that effect. I need to get my Josh Brooks. He's only 40 years old and I'm already trying to get my Josh Brooks quote down. He's already... Uh, spouting off this wisdom, you know, so I think your athletic director is something to really, really be excited about. Uh, I want to take a break now. And when we come back, I, I promise you uh, that you're going to love the second half of this show. Um, you're going to swell with pride uh, when you see a, a former Georgia athlete uh, that represents like Mary Wilson, Avant did. Again, it's one of my favorite interviews. I know everybody, we all love to talk football. It's that time of year. And certainly uh, we've covered those bases and, and I cover those bases every day in print. But every now and then you run across another student athlete in another sport and you go, man, this is truly what it's all about. But before we get to the Mary Wilson, Avon interview, uh, I want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor, Ingles. Um, you know, I can't say enough for Ingles stand with, with, with me and our programming and, and making our show possible. Um, great appreciation, but more importantly, and on a bigger scale, was the way that Ingles supported all of us and supported all their customers at a time of need when we're going through that pandemic. And, you know, you needed those frontline workers. I mean, I was out on an airplane and I'm in California and I'm around crowds and I'm thinking it wasn't so long ago, I was scared to, to just be in the same room with somebody. And yet still the folks at Ingalls were there every day to service and to make sure that we had the supplies we needed to care for our family. So let's take a moment to recognize Ingalls. And then I want you all to sit back, enjoy the second half of the show, and please uh, make your comments. And, and if I'm wrong, you tell me, but I almost guarantee you, uh, you're going to enjoy the second half of this show and be really proud of the type of student athletes that the University of Georgia is uh, putting out. So now a moment for our sponsor at Ingalls. It's in our hearts to feel for the real There's been ups and downs, turnarounds Good days and some bad But we stand together for worse and for better We'll always have your back softball. Playing this game over the last 18 years has been full of the highest highs, the lowest lows, and everything in between. You have been constant no matter what organization I am playing for or the circumstances that surround my life. You have taught me more about myself than I could ever imagine. You have shown me adversity through injuries, strife, and doubters, but you have allowed this to only fuel my fire. You have pushed me outside of my comfort zone challenging me to broaden my experiences and understanding of the world around me. You have taught me that there is no substitute for discipline and hard work. You've taught me to look at failure and mistakes as an opportunity to learn. You've taught me to invest in others, just as others have done for me. 
whether giving my time, being present, or being a listening ear. You've introduced me to people from every part of the country, people that have made an impression on my life far greater than they could ever imagine, and people that have become friends for life. Thank you, softball, for being an escape, a safe haven, a game that has shaped who I am, presenting me with endless opportunities to grow each day. Thank you for teaching me to play for something bigger than myself, for showing me passion, sacrifice, and surrounding me with strong, independent women that I can look up to every day. Thank you for letting me live out my dream of playing the, on the greatest stage. Thank you for sticking with a little girl from Macon, Georgia, and preparing her for all that lies ahead in life. I'm forever grateful. Well, hey, everybody, Mike Griffith here, and welcome to tonight's Ingles on the Beach show. Really pleased to bring on the show Mary Wilson Avant. She's the pitcher for the Georgia Bulldogs. I said say she was the pitcher. Mary, your career is over with. Are you, are you, is it still hard to take in that after five years that you're really done? Yeah, I don't know if it'll if it'll feel real until um, and until a little bit of time passes. I think it'll it'll sink in soon enough. Yeah, it wasn't too long ago. Mary was in Oklahoma City, uh, probably 13,000, 14,000 Oklahoma fans out of the 15,000 capacity uh, rooting against her. How much of that do you hear as a pitcher? I, I got to think at some point it's just one loud buzz. Yeah, I mean, I think when you start the game, you definitely hear more of it. But then you start to get in a little bit of like tunnel vision with it. And and it's just you and your catcher and um, your defense behind you just duking it out well I know a lot of Georgia fans were proud of the Georgia Bulldogs for getting there this year I mean this was a an up and down season and yet this last week we watched Georgia face Oklahoma State man that was a tough one three to two one of those games that could have gone either way uh play at the plate base running uh some questionable calls by these umpires Oklahoma State 64 miles away a partisan crowd I guess I ask you what you take from this most recent World Series appearance Honestly, um, I just really wanted to go in there and, and have fun and just put everything online. And I, I feel like I did that. Oh, there's no question. Yeah. I mean, I think you threw every inning, but one there. And uh, of course you pitched Georgia into that world series. And, you know, I called it a legendary performance last week and I saw you kind of smile, but I mean, really you go into Gainesville and super regionals and you shut out Florida, the number four team in the country, a, a team that's a perennial national championship contender in, in their new stadium, in their field. I mean, I guess I ask you, you know, how did you pull all that together? Because in these days, shutouts are really hard to come by in fast pitch. Honestly, it wasn't a, a thought that ever crossed my mind. I, I really trust the defense that I have behind me. So I was able to just throw uh, very freely and, and, trust my pitches uh, more than ever, knowing that my defense was going to have my back and then, and then in turn my offense as well. Well, you mentioned your pitches and I know pitchers don't usually like to talk about them, but I think you're done pitch. I don't want to sell you short. Maybe there's a comeback in here somewhere, but I think your softball might be done for a little while at least. What, what were your go-to pitches? What did you have working for you in this postseason? Um, I think my drop was working better than I had all year during postseason, um, as well as my changeup. Uh, when I when my changeup's on and I'm keeping that low, that allows my other pitches to be more successful. So I'm able to kind of 
broaden the spectrum of what I'm able to do um, in the zone, around the zone and stuff like that. Yeah, change in speed's devastating. Folks that don't know it, change up maybe the most important pitch and fast pitch. Betters can't settle in. They practice against those machines all the time. And, you know, a lot of softball talk early on, but a lot of human interest uh, from Mary as well. And certainly the Georgia softball program, Mary. Sunday, I was working on my follow-up story uh, on the Georgia softball season. And, you know, Sean sent the message that that Coach uh, Lou Harris-Champer was retiring. And I was a little caught off guard by that. 21 seasons for Coach, five women's College World Series appearances, Certainly this team finished strong. A lot of young girls coming back next year. I think everyone uh, really, but the pitching staff or many of the pitchers, were you surprised by that? In the moment when she told us, I was really surprised. I definitely thought it was coming in the next year or two or even a few more, but in the moment, I think it was a, it was a shock. Yeah. I mean, you don't expect a coach coming off a world series to make that announcement, but yet Tony Baldwin now has been announced as the interim. And, you know, when I kind of checked around the SEC about the Georgia staff, they said, you know, he could be a coach in waiting. He's a guy that I heard a lot of the players talk about uh, when Georgia was finding their bats this season. Yeah, Coach Tony would make absolutely an amazing head coach. Um, He invests so much in his players um, on and off the field and is just just a great human in general. And um, just invest so much time and he's, he would be an amazing head coach. What's ahead for Georgia softball, Mary. One of the things that surprised me when I came down here to cover uh, Georgia athletics is, you know, you've got a great stadium. Uh, It's free admission though, right? Other places you pay. And I'm looking at the talent on the field uh, and I'm thinking to myself, this is a team worth paying for. This is, this is a perennial contender in the sec three world series appearances in the last five years. I mean, that's really remarkable. Um, what do you see for Georgia softball as we move forward? Yeah, obviously the um, free admission is a very unique thing uh, for college softball, especially when it's on the rise and stuff. But this is such a young team and has so much talent um, coming in and and continuing on with this team. And they're going to do great things in the next few years. Yeah, I think that's going to be the expectation. I I really do. I think that with all the talent in state, and you could probably speak to that more than myself. And, you know, just kind of going back for folks that don't know, uh, Mary's from Macon and played at the Stratford Academy. Uh, Of course, a a 3.9 grade point average as well. Great student athlete. Three-sport athlete. Uh, We talked earlier about your off-camera, about your discus championships and track. Played some basketball. A couple state titles in softball. Another appearance. Um, but on that travel ball circuit, I got to ask you, I know you play for East Cobb, um, just how competitive is the state and what other regions did you compete against, you know, going through high school? Yeah, obviously like Atlanta is a big hub for a lot of tournaments, a lot of, um, travel ball teams, you know, Texas, California. Um, but honestly it's the, the spectrum of, of talent is broadening to different States. People are traveling cross state to, um, compete and stuff and it's just the the game is really advancing and and it's going to be fun to see where it goes in the next few years yeah I think Georgia's going to get keep a lot of those lot of those players in the state they already do in fact some of the girls you competed against at the world series were Georgia transfers what was that like going against a former teammate on Oklahoma State 
Yeah, honestly, it's fun. I mean, like been friends with them and, and known them for so much longer than just college. Um, so it, it's fun to get to play not only with them um, while they were at Georgia, but against them um, in the World Series on the biggest stage. Yeah, it doesn't get any bigger than that. You know, that that's kind of a good news, bad news thing, I think, for the sport when I think about it. I, obviously, in baseball, a lot of the Georgia baseball players, I see Jonathan Cannon, maybe a top 100 draft pick. Uh, but for, for women, for young women, I, there's really not much more. I know there are some professional softball leagues, but it kind of seems like the Olympics is it's kind of the Olympics or bust, isn't it? I mean, what else is really out there as far as softball after college? Yeah, honestly, I think the the pro softball could um, definitely benefit and expand more. I think they're already starting to do that. Um, kind of COVID, I guess, kickstarted that a little bit. But um, I think I think it could go places. But I, again, it's not that big right now, and the Olympics kind of is is that next step for or, or a goal for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, like I said, and, and there's not many slots. I mean, there's just not many much to go around. And so uh, not, not that we need to worry about your future at all, Mary. You're a Terry School, a business graduate. Um, it, it kind of interesting, you know, you thought maybe your softball career was over with when the COVID thing happened. Uh, take us through the steps of, of how you ended up in graduate school and playing another year with the Bulldogs. Yeah, so after my junior year of college, I decided that I want to that I wanted to stay after my senior year and get my master's of marketing research. And so I took those steps to apply and get into the program. And then COVID hit, and um, and I was granted with another opportunity to come back and play. And so it was it was a pretty easy decision because I was already going to be in Athens. I was already going to be. Um, in school still. And, and so I had that taken care of for me. And so to be able to come back and kind of redo my senior year, it was, it was an easy decision to, to be able to take that opportunity. Yeah. I liked what you said, you know, this year. And I, and I think it really had a lot to do with Georgia making the run um, because one of the more interesting aspects of this team was, was the up and down nature, right? I mean, this team finished the season going into the postseason on a seven game losing streak and, and hosting a regional, uh, uh, Josh Brooks made a really aggressive bid for UGA to host a regional. And you guys knock out Duke. Duke's never been uh, to the NCAA. They didn't know what they were getting into. You, you took care of business there. And then the bats came around. Uh, and then to knock out the Florida Gators. I mean, that postseason run, something's happening in the clubhouse there. I mean, what, what's going on to go from losing seven in a row at the end of the regular season to winning five straight in the postseason to get to the World Series? Yeah, I mean, it started in the fall and it continued when we got back in the spring and started facing that adversity, um, those up and downs uh, throughout the season. We we had to make sure that we stayed together and and didn't start pointing fingers or um, letting our chemistry kind of fizzle out. Um, and that's something that Coach and uh, Coach Tony do a really great job of is making sure that we are sticking together as a team, that we're investing in each other, even when it's hard. And that doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. It certainly was not. Um, but we were able to find the positives in each of those low valleys and, um, and continue. The, those were the things that would push us to continue working on those hard things um, or the fundamentals and just keep investing in each other. And that's kind of what 
was able to take us through that, you know, losing streak at the end of the season into um, a strong postseason. Yeah, I'll tell you, resiliency is amazing. Lacey Fincher said a lot of the same things you just said almost verbatim. So, you know, obviously this is a team that that's really bought, you know, saying it and doing it are two different things, though, Mary. I mean, and a team, you know, for those I know many people are familiar with with fast pitch softball and and those that know the sport well know just how much of the heartbeat the pitcher in that circle is. I mean, as great a pitcher as you are, you got to be a pretty good actress, too. Right. Because everybody's kind of looking to you as far as trying to feed off this mood. Right. Yeah, I mean, I certainly it's something I worked on from freshman year on. We, I know, I remember a coach when I was younger talking about, you know, you come into college, your your emotions are kind of all over the place, and and when you're in the circle, when you're um, you're a leader on the field in the circle, regardless of if you want to be or not. And so um, that's something that coach and I talked about a lot um, freshman sophomore year, which is making sure you kind of have that um, even kill uh, throughout every game no matter how great something's going or how not great something is going and so um that's something that is definitely was definitely a work in progress throughout all four of my years or five sorry yeah well I, I'd say you're pretty sensational I mean the poise was was unbelievable and uh the, the cameras that we didn't see you sweat Mary I can tell you that we never saw you sweat um how much of this you know, we hear a lot about athletics being somewhat of a microcosm of life and, you know, you being a, a marketing major now and, and how much of this carries over when we talk about the things you learn in athletics, how do you translate that into to the business or the career that you have planned and, and just life skills in general? Yeah, I mean, honestly, there are so like there's more transferable skills from athletics than I could count or even talk to you right now. Like, obviously, hard work and dedication and determination are big ones, but also one of the biggest ones that I was talking to someone about earlier is taking um, the positives from, from like failure and mistakes and being able to grow from those and not just like letting them keep you down. Um, That's something that like you can take into a new phase of life. For me, like I'm moving to New York where I'm not going to have family. I don't have close friends. Like I'm starting a brand new job in a different part of the country, you know? So um, that kind of stuff is is gonna is gonna be able to kind of help me continue to grow, and then also like confidence, um, something that coaches taught us through. I mean, she's shown us that we don't have to have you know a great performance or someone speaking highly of us to feel confident in ourselves and believe in ourselves, and that's something that just goes way further than softball or um, and and just carries you through life, and so. Um, yeah, there are so many skills that you learn in softball that or in, in college athletics in general that go way further than the sport. You know, just looking at your resume, Mary, we, you know, talking about everything you accomplished in high school, the, you know, the track, the, the discus state championships, the high school softball championships, you know, playing basketball for your school, what you've done at George over five years, five years varsity in high school, five years. You're just that extra, right? Like, I'm thinking you chose Manhattan because Tokyo didn't call. Like, the, the, the biggest city, Mary Wilson Avent was going to, whatever it was. I mean, you were going for the biggest and the best. I mean, but, but seriously, how did you end up with a job? And, and I know the Terry School of Business is extremely well-respected, one of the top 20 in the country, in fact. Uh, but how did you end up with the job? And what are you going to be doing in Manhattan? Yeah, so 
I am going to be, um, my job title is a business analyst. So the company is a um, market Australian based market research firm. So it's kind of, my job will be kind of a mix between market research and consulting. Um, but uh, the master of marketing research program that I did here at UGA is very highly recruited out of. And so a lot of companies come to us um, to interview us and, and we don't have to go outside um, of our comfort zone, I guess, to, to find people to interview with. Um, they come to us because they know that like our program has such a high reputation. So um, very fortunate there that uh, Forethought was one of the first companies that came and interviewed and um, didn't know much about them when I started, but um, I really got along well with, with my boss in the first interview. And then um, uh, obviously he felt, he felt the same about me. And so it just kind of uh, worked. I never really saw myself going outside of the Southeast, um, to be completely honest. Um, but it, it it felt like it really just fell into place. And, and this is where I, I needed to be. So I'm going. You like the challenge, Mary. Don't, come on. You're not kidding anybody here. You like the challenge. The, I do love a good challenge. That's right. The Southern girl goes to New York. You're ready to knock them out, knock them on their butts up there. Have you, you, have you been to Australia before? Is that tie in at all to this job? Yeah. So I went to Australia on a study abroad um, the summer after my junior year. And I actually went to a lot of different cities, but not uh, Melbourne where this one, this company is based out of. Um, so I do hopefully get to go back to Australia um, sometime soon to finish their to, to do some of my training. So um, I wouldn't say that that it necessarily tied into me accepting this job, but it certainly is a fun thing that I get to do. And um, yeah, excited at the possibility to go back. When does all this happen? I mean, like I said, we're fresh off the, the World Series appearance. Uh, how quickly do, does this transition occur? Yeah, so I start my job actually uh, July 6th. Well, and what, what's left for you in, in Athens? That gives you, I guess, a little less than a month, just a, a lot of goodbyes, a couple trips homes. Yeah, I've already said a lot of goodbyes. That's been sad. Um, honestly, packing up my apartment, um, moving stuff, but honestly, just tying up a, a few loose ends and I'm out of here. Yeah, can't sad. wait. I'll tell you, I, I can't see, I can't wait to see what's next for you. I, I know we haven't heard and seen the last of, of you, Mary. I know that uh, you're destined for great success. Again, uh, your, your history and your track record, uh, extremely impressive. I know you'll be a tremendous ambassador, uh, not just for your family and your teammates, but for the University of Georgia and the Terry College of Business. I really want to thank you for coming on tonight. It's tough to, you know, a lot of athletes, you know, they, they lose a contest. You, you don't hear from them for a month. You know, it, it, you know, but boom, you know, the fact that you're willing to come on, talk about your team, talk about your season. Um, you left the diamond with your head held high with an incredible performance this season. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. You bet. Good luck, Mary. Thank you. How do you think we did? I think it was good. It was okay. We did all right. You got rolling there. You got rolling there with a little bit of that personality came out. See, when you always say the right things like you do. When people are careful like that, it, it, it was tough. It's tough to just jump into something like, what is this? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I do think you did well. And I do think that it's great for the softball program I, to have someone represent. And it puts a face and a voice uh, and in a college experience. I mean, people watching that got to be thinking, 
wow, you know, I want my kid to go to George. She studied abroad in Australia. She did Terry College of Business. She could have left. She came back for another year. You know, just you hit it out of the park. You really did. Um, I, I appreciate it. And um, like I said, I, I wish you great success. I'm sure, again, I know, you, I don't know if you, if you'll go into politics or if you'll come back here, but I, I just know I haven't seen the last of you, man. Successful people like you, and, and I've seen a few of them. I'm pretty good at picking these out after covering college sports 30 years, but um, you're on to bigger and better things. So congratulations and uh, congrats to your family as well. Did an incredible job raising. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good one, Mary. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. I, I appreciate it. And um, like I said, I, I wish you great success. I'm sure, again, I know you, I don't know if you, if you'll go into politics or if you'll come back here, but I, I just know I haven't seen the last of you, man. Successful people like you, and and I've seen a few of them. I'm pretty good at picking these out after covering college sports 30 years, but um, you're on to bigger and better things. So congratulations and uh, congrats to your family as well. Did an incredible job raising. Thank you so much. All right, have a good one, Mary. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Welcome back, Mike Griffith here, and uh, obviously you saw my parting words with Mary after our interview. So uh, you ever wonder what happens when we go off camera? That's what happens. And, and I meant everything that I said. Um, she's that impressive. I'm glad that you folks stuck around and, and watched that interview. Uh, I watched the whole thing over again because I was impressed. And man, I go back now, I'm thinking, man, I should have asked her more, uh, more insight. But, you know, we think so much about the scoreboard at Georgia that sometimes we forget about the, the mission statement to develop these players. And um, obviously Mary Wilson Avon is someone that the Georgia fans uh, are going to be very proud of and what she accomplished, not just in the circle, but, but in life after. And it's not just softball. It's not just football, but for the Georgia fans that follow the school, you know, that, that mission statement, that student athlete part of it. And, and I know that that's harder and harder to, to, to recognize now because all we see is, ESPN or SEC network and what's your win-loss record and where did this person get drafted and where do they stand in the record books but at the end of the day I think uh, the true college fan and and it's okay if, if you didn't necessarily go to Georgia doesn't mean you don't love Georgia still but for many people that follow college sports it's still watching the development of these student athletes over the course of their career as they grow into uh, you know, great citizens, great business people, tomorrow's leaders. I mean, that's all legit. Uh, I'm a little worried with the one-time transfer portal that maybe you don't get a chance to see the development to the extent that we've seen across all sports, because a lot of sports is handling adversity. Um, and, and that is a part of the growth process, right? So uh, again, I want to thank Mary Wilson Avon for coming in. And, and this girl is 48 hours away from throwing uh, at the Women's College World Series. And she, she pops on the, the Monday night show to talk to Georgia fans and represent her sport. And uh, can't say enough about that. Um, certainly appreciate all the guests I've had, the coaches I've had on, uh, Clay Helton, uh, Bruce Rollinson, uh, Sam Pittman, uh, Shane Beamer. Uh, we've had a good run of interviews on these Monday nights, and I'll try to keep bringing that to you. And I appreciate that you all accept that this is a little different. Uh, it's not the same old, same old. Uh, try to bring different people on with different perspectives in season. I like to bring the opposing beat people on to talk about the other team, give you something a little different, a different slice. Because you get me talking and writing about Georgia every single day. I'm doing the football stuff. And, you know, doing the radio appearances, whether it's in Athens, 
eight o'clock on Monday mornings, whether it's in Atlanta uh, at, at eight twenty, whether it's on SEC Network on Sirius XM. But doing this show and introducing you to people like Mary Wilson Avant or Clay Helton, it's just a little different. And I knew it took the audience to adapt a little bit. But, uh, man, I appreciate the support. I see the same names out there and, and the commentary. And, of course, anytime you have a question, you all know you can contact me. You can put the messages in there. I see the direct messages on Twitter. And uh, it really makes it fun to cover the University of Georgia. So I hope everyone has a, a great week. And I look forward to a lot more coverage. And thanks again to Ingles for bringing the show tonight.